man venture. God venture is the path that he puts you on, and it's the path that you follow out because you know the word of God, you're walking out the word of God, and you're staying on his path. Man venture is when you could be born again or not, and if you are, he's never left you nor forsaken you, but it's sometimes a path that you get on and you walk out, and it doesn't have near the results and sometimes it ends in some catastrophes that you blame God for, but God was just allowing you to have what you really wanted and not what he had for you. Yep. That's the, really the two kind of ventures. It's, it's God venture or man venture. I like adventure. I like the word adventure. Venture means to, to reach out and to do something of the unknown, uncertain, or haven't done before. And you know it's a venture if it's, if it's going to be... Something that has many steps to it, it's called adventure. Because it's something that's added to on sometimes every step, every day. It depends on what you're involved in. It could be highly impactful, highly intense, highly excitable, or it could be one of those things like you started on, like I've been on before with my wife, and it's like, okay, I'll be glad when this is over because it does not have much excitement. The unknown is not really, what I didn't know really doesn't excite me. So after I found it out, it, I didn't add it to my vast array of knowledge. You know what I'm talking about. Adventure. But it's good to go on an adventure. I guess one of the greatest adventures I ever went on was in at the beginning of 2003, in January. I went to Israel for a month. Had no idea. I just did what I felt like God told me to do. I stayed there for a month. On the way over, I, I had never met anybody over there. I was going to this Messianic church. But I'm telling you, every step of that way was an adventure. I mean, I was in the unknown of unknowns. I was, went to a place where not many people spoke English. Um, the food was different. The culture was different. And it was obvious to everybody there that I was a Texan. Nobody had to guess where I was from. You're from Texas. Well, those that could would say, broken English, you're from Texas, huh? Now, I'm not cutting them down because most of them speak at least two, sometimes six languages. But it was an adventure. I like adventures. My wife calls everything that we do that I haven't done or don't want to do, like, lighten up. It's going to be an adventure. And usually, most of the time, she's right. It's a great adventure. I like adventures. If, you're, if you've raised kids or are raising kids, you're on an adventure. And if you haven't raised a teenager, come on, somebody, you're really headed for an adventure. Am I right or wrong? You're headed for an adventure. I mean that. That's just the way that is. But there can be good adventures, and some of the times that it's not, it's still God in the midst of it causing us to be formed and shaped into his image. That's what the adventure is all about. It's just really sad when you get on your own path. It's really sad when you go in places that you know God hadn't sent you to go, and then you wonder why when, I got, when you got there, God hadn't done something for you in the midst of it. He has. He's been either talking quietly or screaming through somebody else, turn around, don't drown. Come on, somebody. Isn't that true? But, you know, you, you refuse. Listen. Good works are so hard to separate from God works. That's why we get so involved in things that are unnecessary and wasteful of our time. I want you to hear this. 
Some of you are going to go on ventures that God hadn't called you to, but they're good. They look good. They feel uh, That's one of the worst things you can do in a, in a venture is it to feel good. God works. God ventures don't always feel good. Matter of fact, that would be the last thing you need to worry about if you're going to be on an adventure, especially a God venture. But he really feels right. But I don't care. God doesn't care how it feels. That's why you get on Facebook and try to find your identity. You want somebody to make you feel good. That's why there's, you put 22 selfies a day on there for somebody to say, you look so beautiful. Quit lying. By God, if you got to do that, you know you have an idea. You're wanting Jesus. He's already told you you look good. Why? He did way more for you on his God venture than any of these other people that you're looking for, some kind of acclamation, confirmation, or whatever else you're looking for in a nation. <laughs> Couldn't rhyme anything else there. Amen. Amen. Come on, get with me on this. Some of you have already planned that you've got something in the future. You haven't, you know, I love it when people come to me and go, well, here's what we're going to do. And I don't ever say anything until they leave. And I look at my wife and I go, they didn't say God told them. They didn't say they prayed about it. So you know what you're headed to when you don't pray about something that you hadn't really got on your knees? You're not listening to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, God's going to let you have what you don't want, but it's not going to be near as much fun as you think it is. He hadn't called you to a good work. He's called you to a God work. That's the adventure. Quit looking at all these other things and thinking how many people are giving you kudos on Facebook or some other social type of media and make you feel good about yourself so you can get up in the morning and go, boy, I have a purpose. If it's all about that, then it's a wasted purpose. Amen. Your purpose is to somehow manifest and become an example of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You're supposed to have a heavenly view of what's going on. The problem is we have it reversed. We have an earthly view for trying to tell God, isn't this good? And he goes, but good and evil equal evil. Amen. <coughs> Are you hearing me today? A God venture. Have you ever thought about just getting on a God venture? Have you ever thought about it? Just every day I'm on a God venture. We were at Red River recently, and we took a, an adventure on a trail. We'd already done this one, so we were just looking for new wildlife, which we saw. But it's still, a, it's still an adventure. It really is. You've never hiked anywhere like that, and I don't do the hard hikes. I do the... Intermediate, too easy. But the truth is, none of it's easy. I don't know where they put easy on there. You have no idea what you have to, I'll show you some things you get to, but easy? I don't know. Maybe when I'd have been probably Howard's age, what are you, 28? You're wishing you was 28, aren't you? <laughs> the adventure. So going to Israel, I could go on there for a long time, but I know there are many of you that have been on some of these things that are you know, you got out there, and, you, and, and I really believe it was God that sent me there because he changed my life in this whole process for 30 days. One, I was, 
I didn't see my wife for 30 days, too. I didn't talk to her for the first nine days I was over there. And when I landed, a bomb had gone off near the airport. Sixty people were killed, and that's where I was landed, right there at the airport. And she thought, my God, is my husband even alive? I couldn't even talk to her for nine days. What an adventure. Not only did it grow me up, but it grew her up. She was running the church at the time. Pastor Kobe and Pastor Rachel weren't here. We had servant elders that took over as speaking as well, but I mean, the whole thing was nothing but an adventure. I've been over there many times now, and it's still an adventure just to drive over there. It's unbelievable. You almost have to be in a mental institution to drive over there. But I fit that as well, too. That's an adventure, amen? Let's look at the scripture we want to start with. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, because broad is the gate, and spacious is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many, everybody say many. many. Say it again. Many. Now listen to him. Before we go on, I want you to know that the many thereof can be Christians as well. You can start out on the narrow path and end up on the broad way. Right. Are you listening to me? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I hate to say this, but we all do it from time to time. And hopefully we don't venture out long. Because when you're out there, that's when, like, it's fair game. You're fair game because you're not on your path. You're fair game for the enemy's shots. You're fair game for things to happen that God hadn't ordained, but he'll allow you to go through that, and not all the time does he deliver you from that. I know you don't like this message, but it's the truth. Because some of you are on the broad way, and you're a Christian. And you wonder why things are going like they are. Most people on the Broadway have to sedate themselves because they know they're on the wrong way. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Am I lying? No. All right. At least there's a couple of you think I'm not lying. I'm trying not to if I am on the Broadway because everybody lies on the Broadway. <laughs> Isn't it the truth? I, had a, I told you all this one time. I had a saying before I got saved. Lie, deny, lie. That was my saying. No matter what you do, you lie. Then I, I didn't do that. Somebody can see you do it. I didn't do that. I know it's real in the world today because that's the way the enemy had a hold of me because I've seen adults do it even since I've been born again and kids do it all the time. I didn't do that. And I said, but I saw you slap him. I didn't slap. That wasn't me that slapped. I said, whose hand was I don't know whose hand it was, but it wasn't mine. I'm thinking, that was your hand. Lie, deny, lie. There are many. Say many. many. Oh, my goodness. The broad way is so easy. The, who enter through it. Because narrow, say narrow, narrow, is the gate and constricted is the road that leads to life and there are few who find it. You know, it kind of makes me think how many of us in here have found it. I think we think that we're going to live long enough to really where we wake up and we find it and we go, yeah, well, I knew I was going to find it and I knew I had enough time when you don't know if you have enough time. And I'm not saying you're not saved. There are many people on the Broadway that are saved. You really are. I believe this with my whole heart, and I think the Scripture teaches it. Once saved, once a son, you'll always be a son. I don't think anybody can. My son will always be my son. My daughters will always be my I don't care what they do, what they act like, where they go. They're my children. You can't change it. Do you think God would do any less? Because the blood he gave for me is much greater than the blood I've given for my kids. I don't know how you can think that God's going to renege on you when, bless God, if he gave it all, then he's not going to renege all. How could you? 
Well, I'm taking that back. You can't take back the blood of Jesus. I love it when somebody comes out on Facebook or some in the news and goes, they've uh, uh, recanted. They're not Christian anymore. And I'm thinking, once a son, always a son. You can say what you want to. You may go to heaven and not get your rewards, but I'm telling you right now, you're a son. You might as well just take it. And what a blessing to be called a son. I've been called a son, but it had some other words behind it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> some of y'all been, y'all laughing, sorry. Some of y'all been doing that. The adventure begins now. Have you ever been involved in an event and they say, the adventure begins now? I like that because you know at any moment there's something of the unknown, the uncertain fixing to happen. I mean, there's some animal fixing to come out and scare you or do more than that. You never know what he might do. It's kind of like when we go on our, our trips to Africa. You never know what you're going to see and when you're going to see it and how close it's going to be to the vehicle. And that's really not what you're there for. But when you see it, you go, whoa, what is that? I'll never forget the time we saw a bunch of giraffes. And they weren't too far from the truck. So I tell them to stop. And I get out. And a couple of the giraffes start moving away, but there's one big mama that has a baby. And I'm getting about probably from the stage to the sound booth from her, and they start hollering at me because she's not running. She's kind of standing, and she turns and looks at me like, are you an idiot? <laughs> and everybody in the truck is saying, are you an idiot? <laughs> so they, there's like spirits agree, you understand? Get back in here. She's not running. And I look over and I see a smaller giraffe, a real small one, which is her baby. And she's going, well, I'm not leaving him. And he's not moving for some reason. So are you going to challenge me? And they say, they kept hollering, get back in. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm still 25. Because when I was 25, I just ran circles around that giraffe in my mind. But I'm telling you, they coaxed me back. And I started thinking, well, you know, maybe I don't need this adventure. Maybe she can outrun me before I get back. Because I was thinking, I think I got her. But you know, they're fast. That's all right. I made it back to the deal. And she looked at me like, good thing I fixed to stomp you in the ground. <laughs> but if I lived through it, can you imagine the adventure? I'd be up here right now in all kind of different <laughs> ways. I don't know. Sometimes that sentence brings anxiety. Other times it brings excitement and a longing for experience. We were on this place fishing the other day, and my kayak had got some water, and Ian was in front, and I was fixing to pull up to the bank and empty it, and there was a big old cotton popper. We call cotton mouse cotton poppers to deal with Jeffrey. But anyway, this is a huge one. I mean, big old blunt tail. I mean, he looked, and Ian saw him, so we got to the bank, and he kind of he kind of said, he kinda, do what now? Get up on the I said, he's already gone, son. And when he got up, his little knees went like that. And I said, boy, he's already gone. Don't worry about that cotton popper. He's gone. But you can still smell him because they put off an odor. See, that was an adventure. He had to step out and to believe and trust me that it's going to be okay. And I said, listen here, boy. If that thing would have showed up, I might have got bitten, but he, you'd have never got bitten. I'll tell you, don't you understand that's the way God is? Stay on his path, by God. You're not going to get bitten. Whatever happens, he'll take the... He took the... Come on now. Somebody stay with me here. Some of you keep getting bit. It's your own fault. He took the bite. He said, no, I got to go... I got to go on this man venture. Go ahead. And man stands for woman or man. Go ahead. Man venture. Exciting. Anxiety. Don't you love it when it's like that? The uncertain. 
I don't know. I didn't get any amens here. Maybe you don't like the uncertain. Maybe you really like it where it's all going to be everything you know, every step that you make, but that's not any fun. You know, we went to Mount Hermon one time up in Israel, went all the way up, and it's a ski place there. Of course, it was no snow. It wasn't the time of the year. But we went all the way up there, and we stood, and you can see Syria and a couple other countries from this one area. And you're sitting there while you're thinking, how many other people are watching you from, a, from another location? Because <laughs> they got great technology. And I'm thinking, are we just targets? So we kind of moved back down. But it's an adventure I haven't forgotten yet. Matter of fact, I want to go up there again. Maybe I will get a chance to do when you are born, the adventure of life begins. Say amen. amen. When you are born again, there's another adventure that begins within the kingdom of God. Amen. That's the real God venture. Amen. Life is just life without God. Do you understand? Life without God is conducive to talking to everyone that's not born again, and they say all the same thing only in their way, only in their culture, only in their tradition. It's still the same thing. You can tape it and play it back for them and say, this is what you're going to say without God. We all know. When you're immersed in the Holy Ghost, his life now enhances the adventure into the experience. See, you want the adventure. You want the excitement. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, now you start the experience. Are you looking for the experience? Every day of your life, are you looking for the experience? I hate it that some of you never look for the experience and that in, in some kind of situation, you've decided that you kind of have half a salvation. Yes, you're saved. But as far as you moving any further past the fact that you're supposed to walk in the adventure of God, you've missed it. You've lost it. You've accepted the fact that you have eternal salvation, but you're not going anywhere after that. That's the biggest difficulty of the church today, even trying to teach the church today. We went to Red River recently and took some pictures as we walked along the hiking path. As you can see in this first picture, the path begins easy and open. I believe God does this when we are born again. When we begin our God venture, the path begins with grace marking the path. Easy to see, not so difficult to follow. There we go. Hey, that's easy, isn't it? That's not one path, that's many. But that was what we looked at before we went on. So what can we equate this to? Somebody help me. Somebody help me. B-I-B-L-E. It's the book for me. When you start your God venture, what's the, what's the blueprint? You wonder why you're not on a God venture? Because the Bible's not your key source. It must be if you're going to follow on the narrow way. If you're going to take the broad way, you're going to find a bunch of broads. No, I'm not saying that. Don't say it. Take that like that. Entering through the narrow gate is the real gate, real gate of adventure, isn't it? The narrow gate. It's the God venture. The broad way has no marked gate. Any direction is okay since the entrance is not so defined. I think we have another picture right here maybe. There we go. That's the crew. That's a narrow way. We're coming in from the sign. They're really going that direction the other way. But that's what it looks like. It's coming in from two paths, and we're fixing to head up the hill. And it's beautiful, and it's great. But you can see the path, right? You can see that, can't you? Come on, somebody. Say yes. yes. That's a natural path. Can you see that? Say yes. yes. You can do the same thing in the Spirit. 
And it's going to look like that. It's just going to be narrow in the spirit, but so much freedom that no matter where you walk, you're in the path if it's God's will. It's a God venture. The verse we all know is John 14, 6. Jesus answered and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes unto the Father but by me. The way Jesus showed us the only way to the Father. What is the only way to the Father? Being obedient to the Father. Jesus said, I don't do anything except the Father show me what to do. If that's what the way is, then that's the narrow path. Just do what the Father wants you to do. But what if I'm not popular? Think about it. Many people that have gone on done dastardly crazy things on this planet, nobody remembers, but even the lost know the name of Jesus. Even the devil knows the name of Jesus. Amen? So who do we remember the most? No matter if you're lost or saved or indifferent, when you say Jesus, you'll either get an amen or go, I've tried that Jesus stuff. No, he tried you. The way Jesus showed us the only way to the Father. That's all of what he did, all of what he stood for. The truth, therefore Jesus is truth. The life, Jesus is life. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, that's what we're led by. That's that God venture. You know why some of you think Christianity is boring? Because you try to mix your flesh with the Spirit, and you're right, it turns out bland and neutral. You just really don't go anywhere. I used to say this to people when I was trying to lead them to the Lord in this town, and still do. Does this town need another drunk? It's known for either number one or two every year in consumption of alcohol. Do we need another dopehead? Do we need another adulterer? I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, that's the Broadway. I'm not saying they're not Christian. I don't ever judge who's Christian and who's not because many of them look like they are. And then some that look like they are are not. So if you're not spiritually discerning, you can't tell what path or what adventure you're on, man or God. Ephesians 2.18, yes, through Christ, we all have the right to come to the Father in one spirit. That means the way. Therefore, the way. There's only one way you can get to the Father, through the Holy Ghost. If you don't use the Holy Ghost, and that's so crazy when people say, well, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then you're not saved. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you speak in tongues. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that to you. Somebody says amen. Because if I'm saying it and you don't believe it, then you don't know enough scripture to say amen. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't discern the Bible without the Holy Ghost. You can't go to a church that doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost and understand the Bible. John 1, 17. That is, the law was given to us through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Isn't that right? That's the way. I look at the Old Testament like grace without mercy. I look at the New Testament like grace with mercy. Because the power of God in the New Testament was manifested, wasn't it? I mean, he did what he wanted to do, and he used people sometimes to do it. And then when people wouldn't act right, he used other things himself. But then you get to the New Testament. Come on, somebody. And sometimes it looks like to some of us that we can stay on the Broadway as believers, but we stay too long, then things go wrong. 
But his mercy is so good, he'll let you stay out there sometimes for years. The sad thing is you're wasting a life that he gave you through the cross. The problem is we don't like to pick up our cross daily because our flesh demands and we don't reprimand. Come on, somebody. John 6, 57 says this. The Father sent me. He lives, and I live because of him. So everyone who eats me will live because of me. What does that mean? That's the way. She talked about it today in communion. Pastor Rachel did. We drink his blood. Well, you know, how do you know Jesus' resurrection, resurrection was accepted by God for one reason? Jesus' death on the cross was accepted by God for one reason. He resurrected. Amen. If he wouldn't have resurrected, we'd all be lost. But he is, his blood was accepted for our sin, therefore three days later he rose again. Amen. He lives because I live in him. That's how you make it. Colossians 3.3, 3, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It's the life. See, one of them was the way. Now it's the life, the way, the truth, and the life. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ. Have you ever thought about it? If your life is hidden with Christ, what you do, Christ does. What he did, you do. And what he did, the Father did, and the Father did in him. Therefore, you're just another little son doing the same thing he did. It's all you are. John 14, 6 defines the narrow way. One way, one truth, one life. That's all it is. It's not multiple ways because we have multiple denominations. Denomination means divide anyway. How has division ever made us close together? Amen. The narrow way. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Here we go. Is there a picture up here for this gate? I don't know if there is or not. We got that picture? No, it's not that picture. It's all right, we're working on it. It is a great picture. It really is. There's your gate. See, they're out in the middle of where? Out in the middle of the wilderness. God always has a, has a gate for you to go through. He's, it's not like you, you start the journey and he goes, hey. Yeah, God. Good luck. <laughs> That's what some of y'all live like. Good luck. You're on your own, buck. Now, we seem to feel that way sometimes when the enemy seems like he's running us ragged, but we're not ever considering maybe we've gotten off the path and we've got onto the Broadway. That's what it is. Exactly, Vince. That's exactly what it is. I'm not saying we're not going to go through test trials and tribulations. Okay, I can say that but I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer because he overcame. But the point is, when we get out there in the middle of nowhere and you can't see the narrow path, it's not God's fault. Because in the middle of that wilderness, what will he do? He'll put a gate again up there and say, now start over. Come on, somebody, help me. Oh, come on, help me today. He'll put a gate out there to tell you, you've been out there on the broad way too long. Let's get going again. Here it is right here. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. He's always going to be making a way. That's why he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. In the middle of nowhere, he shows up to get you back on the path. Amen. Hallelujah. Narrow is the way. 
The way is narrow because it runs counter to natural inclinations. It's narrow. It goes against the grain. It's an upstream thing. You know, when everybody's doing what everybody's doing and everybody goes, you know, when they're young, they just do that. No, I don't understand that. I think when you're young and in the Lord, David slayed a lion and a bear. I think when you're long in the Lord, you can be Gideon and tear down idols and become somebody that somebody talks about that you want to battle with nothing because God supplied the nothing. See, that's what I think. When, I am so sick of hearing that. When, when, you, when they're young, you know, they're going to sow their wild oats. Well, they're going to reap hell. I don't know why you think they're not. And don't blame anybody else for their situation because when you get to a certain point, you have a decision to make yourself. You're either going to stay on the narrow path or you're going to get broad. More ways than one. It is like cutting a path with a machete. Have you ever thought about that? Do you know that you don't cut a wide path? When you use a machete, you're just going to cut enough to get through. I'm sorry to say, but that's the narrow path of the Lord. Now, to us, we move freely because we're moving spiritually. And we don't even get pricked by things that are growing over from time to time, which we'll talk about, you already saw. You clear just enough for a path, but not to venture out from the way. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to get right there. You understand? Jeff carries a machete in those uh, uh, kayaks sometime and take that thing out. We get something in the way, and we just we don't clear out the whole thing. We just take that machete, and you clear out what's blocking that kayak so we can, you're hunkering down to get through, doing whatever you got to do. But you're not going, hey, we're not tearing down the forest, okay? It's too much trouble. See, God does that. This is really how we operate while we're here on earth. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on, somebody. Understand? It cuts a path as we progress and profess its truth. And you don't have to do anything by swinging. You just speak the truth. You just speak the truth. See, the problem is some of you speak it one time. Sometimes you've got to speak the truth many times. It's not so that it becomes true. It's so that you can believe it by faith and see the manifestation of the path. Just speak it again. Well, nothing changed. I know because nothing changed in you. Speak it again. Speak it again. Speak it again. Speak it. I'm more than a conqueror. Here it comes. I'm more than a cock dodged. There you go. See, the last time it came, it hit you in the face, knocked you down. But you speak that truth long enough, and then you'll start to be able to outwit the enemy. The problem is the truth hasn't invaded you yet. We need an invasion. I don't want to preach that sermon. I'm going to be preaching it pretty soon. The invasion. Oh, I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> As you know, Jesus rode in in, the, in Jerusalem on a foal. This thing, this colt had never been ridden. And it was broken under the anointing of Jesus. We must be broken as well. See, that's the problem of us staying on the narrow path. We get to that place where we, I mean, see, when you grow up in a house, a Christian home, you grow up to a place and then finally you get old enough, you get to go out and you have to now build your own faith. I feel sorry for the children that are not raised in a Christian home like me and had to wait till I was 28 to figure this thing out. No, I have not, hadn't arrived anywhere. I'm still on the God venture. I'm still on it. And I'm telling you, it's not that I don't fall off sometimes. It's not that I don't trip. That's why I don't judge anybody. That was such a great thing about judgment today. That was powerful. 
Be stingy on judgment. Why? Because the same measure you judge, you'll be judged. Matthew 7. And also, lest by the grace of God, there go you. I always tell people when they mess up, I'm not worried about you mess up. It's been forgiven. I'm worried about you staying there. I'm not worried about you mess up. Well, you don't understand what I did. Well, ask for forgiveness. Ask whoever you got to ask for forgiveness and bless God. Get on the narrow path. The devil can't kick you off the narrow path. Only you can choose to walk off. You listening to me? He'll put you back on that narrow path, and there ain't nothing like him coming home. I'll never forget when I, when I first left home, which was 20. I was 20 years old, moved to San Marcos, never came back home for a long time. And I came back home one time, and my mama had a Thanksgiving meal. And my mama's dressing. I know everybody's mama's dressing is the best, but mine really was. And I got into that house and smelled that Thanksgiving meal, and I'm telling you right now, all I thought was, I know I'm home. Do you understand? That's, it's even better than that when you come home to Jesus. It's so much better than that sorry old Thanksgiving. We had a great meal yesterday. We did. It was really fun. We had a reunion out there, and it was crazy. Kids going everywhere. It's a wonder my house is still standing. Am I telling a lie, Jeffrey? It's a wonder. Kobe, it's a wonder. Right? But the point is, what I'm trying to tell you is, it's God's restoration is so much better. The anointing, we must be broken as well. Staying on the narrow trail is a place that entails brokenness. To stay on the narrow trail, you have to be broken. To stay on the narrow trail, you have to stay broken. And it's not a bad place to be. Why? Because you're giving up your rights to the righteousness of God, which entails victory all through your life. I mean, you got victory. I don't know why we think the narrow path, because we're walking along this narrow path, and we're looking out there at the world going, and they're having all the fun. Tell bully corn. You know what I want to say. I wouldn't say it anyway, but I, I, you know what I flesh wants to say. Bully dung. Huh? Isn't it the truth? We think they're having all the fun. Oh, my God. No, it's your flesh that's demanding you do something because God hadn't done enough. That ought to preach right there. That's the only reason you're walking off the narrow path. God's holding me back from something. Really? No, he's holding you from something, all right. Come on, somebody. Matthew 11, 28 and 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? What? Boy, there's some of y'all so wore out on yourself. <laughs> you ain't wore out in the world. You just wore out because you're on the Broadway. Huh? You so wore out, you are flat burnout. You're burn up. You can't do enough to sedate yourself to forget where you are. My God, I'm going to preach today, make everybody mad. It's my birthday, get over it. You say it's your birthday. I wish we'd have had that song. We're going to have a good time. I'm having a great time. Listen, I'm in the house of God, and I'm 68 years old. I'm still saved. I'm still on the path. I'm still on the journey. Listen, quit that. I could be off the journey. I could have been a pastor that done flipped out and done some crazy things, but by the grace of God, that's it. I'm still in it. Yeah, I can screw up tomorrow. Don't pray that I do, but by God, I can. 
I can and I know I can. See, that's what I know I'm on the God venture for because I'm not sitting there going, look what he did, look what she did, look what he did. I'm saying, by God, don't look over the right, left or right. Don't and it's not like that, really, but I don't want to look at what everybody else is doing. Why? Because I know I can do the same. I want to help them back on the path, not kick them off the path. That's what we want to do to some people, isn't it? Oh, they screwed up 20 times. Yeah, they may screw up 20 more, but we're going to get them back on the path. Because you may be the next one we go get. And I may be the next one we go get. To follow his path, the narrow path, we must be yoked to Jesus. Yoke it up. (laughs) There is the only place you find your rest. Yoked up. You know why? Because... You get two things that are... See, if you take an elephant and an oxen, that's unequally yoked. But if you take a person and the Spirit of God and yoke them up, God takes you where you are and he carries you in the right balance so that you're equally yoked. No matter who it is. Howard may be more spiritual than I am. That's okay. Then God takes him where he is and they can plow a straight road just like I'm doing no matter where I am. You understand? That's how he does it. He takes each one of us where we are. He doesn't say, well, you're so weak. I, if you can't walk, even if he has to drag you, the road will be straight. Amen. Why? Broad is the way. Narrow is the path. Huh? The straight path. As we move forward to the narrow path, the trail gets even more narrow in our freedom to become sons of God. Take grab a picture. Look at that. Boy, isn't that clear? Look at that. It's narrow because you can't go too much to the right. It's really steep on the left, a lot steeper than you think. I mean, we got to stay in that path. But can, you, can everybody see the path? Okay, well, how come you can't see that spiritual path like that? Same thing. You can see it in the natural. You can see it in the spiritual. The problem is you've got to feed your spirit man more than you do your flesh man. Is everybody following this? Am I the only one getting it? I get to get it twice because I have to do this. Sometimes the grade is more difficult as the path is in the world but not of it. We see from the narrow path many casualties appear. Do you look at this? Mm, Those are casualties. Some are Christians, some are lost. But they're casualties. They're not growing anymore. They're dead. Some of them are premature death. They went to heaven too early. Some of them went to hell too early because they didn't ever get a chance because they rejected the word of God. They rejected the narrow path. Casualties. How many casualties do you know? You know how many casualties I know? You know how many people I talk to all the time because something happened at the church when in reality God allowed something to happen at the church to grow them up and instead of growing them up, they bolted for the wilderness, the Broadway. Isn't the Broadway easier? You really think it is? Look out there at the Broadway. You tell me the Broadway. Do you see any path to walk through there? A machete's not going to help you much. You're going to be jumping and hopping. and This is really on a, a, a decline here, so it's not near as peaceful as it looks. Some are people that have never been saved. Others are backslidden believers. Stay on the narrow path. I don't care if you're mad. Stay on the narrow path. Come here mad. Come here seething. Come here jacked up. It's okay. Stay on the path. 
Stay in your word. You know what? I, I was telling somebody the other day, asking them if they were in their word, and they go, not much. And I go, you know what? No matter how I feel, no matter if I want to, if I'm mad at God, and if I'm disgruntled, if I'm disappointed, if I'm hopeless, helpless, and undone, I'll still get in the word and read. And I may not get nothing out of it in my flesh, but in my spirit, I'm feeding. I'm feeding. See, I'm not worried about how I feel when I read the word of God. I'm constantly considering what God has for me, so I'm feeding my spirit. See, the problem is with most of us, if we don't feel what we read, we think we didn't read anything. I'm trying to get you out of your flesh. I got some of you have been so dependent on your flesh that if it doesn't agree with God, then it couldn't be God. It's the other way around. The word agrees with God, so you agree with the word. And if your flesh says, whoa, hold up, you cut your flesh off. It's nothing. It just needs to be on the, it's a burnt sacrifice is what your flesh is supposed to be. It's in the outer court. It never gets to the holy of holies. That's why some of you have never experienced the presence of God. The narrow gate is straight. It has challenges. Challenges that come in conflict with, conflict with the world and its philosophies, doesn't it? I'm telling you, the narrow path has, it has conflict. It always has Well, you're just raising your children kind of weird, aren't you? Like, like you don't think that, you don't let them listen to anything but Christian music or, or you don't let them watch horror movies or you don't let them... You don't let them listen to philosophies that, uh, you know, everybody's okay. It's all good. I mean, you don't really teach your kids that, uh, you know, to love, respect everybody else's religion. Yes, I respect everybody, but the Bible says I'm not even supposed to name another faith other than Christianity. I'm not going to cut anybody down for what they believe, but anything else that's not on that path is in the wilderness. It's on the Broadway. Amen. Come on, somebody. Challenges that the Holy Ghost has given us the grace to overcome. It's the grace of God. That's what the narrow gate is. It's a straight gate. It has challenges. They always do. They have challenges. Wouldn't you like challenges? What if every day you can get up and you already know what's going to happen? It's really strange when we get up in the, in the daytime and something happens and Many of us go, what in the, can you believe this? Absolutely. You're on a God venture. What did you think was going to happen? You've got an enemy shooting at you from every direction. You're only protected to a certain degree on the narrow path, not in the broad way. Not in the broad way you think, not in the broad way that you act. Not in the broad way you raise your children. If your children aren't raised on the narrow path, they won't walk on the narrow path till they get it right later on in life. I know. I'm one of them. Few find it, it says. On the narrow path, you can see the broad path of the lost world. Even many are physically alive. They are living a life unto themselves. But also many casualties establish the graveyards of the lost. Also among the dead are the backslidden believer. Yes, they left the narrow path only to live a suppre life suppressing the Holy Ghost. They're dead. These are the ones at one time were still alive. They were close. Look how they closely died. The path is over there. It's probably, I don't know who that's standing there. But the path is, is right there close. Can you imagine how they died? Can you imagine on their last night, they just wanted to fall close enough to the path. 
Come on, somebody. Uh, I don't think Bruce and Rose will mind me talking about Bobby, but Bobby was uh, Bruce's brother. And I led him to the Lord. Uh, he came in to live with them, and I led him to the Lord. And he got baptized, did all that, and for, I think it was nine months. Isn't that right, Bruce? Nine months, a year, he worked around this church like a madman. He had stage four cancer and was working up there, putting in that floor up there in the second story over here where, where y'all's old room used to be, EFJ. And he looked at me one day, and we were up there hammering away, and he said, you know, my, the biggest regret I have, he said that I only lived almost a year in this way that I wasted my life. All those years I wasted my life in alcoholism and drugs, whatever else he was doing. He said, but at least, I said, well, by God, at least you got on the narrow path. At least you, we were good friends. That was a, a nine month of good friendship. I'd go places and take him with me and every now and then he'd slip a cuss word and go, I said, that's all right, you still ain't sanctified. He said, I'm sorry, you'll be sorry about it. God's working on you. Huh? If he wouldn't have said he's sorry, I knew God wasn't working on him. God's working on him. God's working on him, man. But see, he was so sad because he fell, and he wasn't out there. He was on the path. But many want to fall because they just want to get close enough. See the other one up there, the, the butt of that uh, other tree up there by that stump? It's right there on the path. Can you imagine? You know he was a believer. He wanted to die so close because he missed it. Don't throw your life away on the broad way. Don't sit there and think God's left you out or God hadn't delivered or God hadn't. Don't go out and chase something God hadn't ordained you to have. You see people getting married all over the place or having boyfriends and girlfriends that aren't godly and you're wondering why when it all ends up you get married and people aren't going the same direction and it's a miserable time if you stay there or one of you have to submit. And when you do, Usually it's not the Christian, I mean, it's the Christian that submits their way and walks away from the narrow path. 1 Timothy 1.20 says, Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. These are some of the backslidden, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Hymenaeus and Alexander did not lose their salvation. Paul just said, let them go. Satan will do You get in the broad way, you know what Satan's going to do to you. You stand up in the broad way and he'll slap you down as fast as he can slap you down and you'll get used to getting slapped. Why? You know how many people are still in the broad way as Christians? I mean, they're still getting their brains beat out thinking, I'm running my own life. I'm doing my thing. Are you kidding me? If, you're not, if you really want to be a unique individual entity on this planet, you can only do it on the narrow path. You cannot, you're just like, you're like all them trees that are growing out there in the Broadway that are going to die. Some of them are going to die falling toward the path that are lost or saved. It doesn't matter, but they're no different than anybody else. From when you get born again to the time you decide to reenter the world, nothing has changed. Satan is still running things. People are still operating in confusion, therefore identity lost. When you leave the, the narrow path, has anything changed by the enemy? Why do you think when you walk out in the, in the broad way, something's changed? What has changed? People are still giving themselves away. People are still 
stealing, robbing, lying, deceiving, gossiping, adultery. I mean, what has changed? It won't change. It's not going to change because you left it for a season. Leave it 20, 30 years when you go back out. He's just used the tools of technology to get better at what he does. It hasn't changed. Also along the narrow path, you will find fallen trees. These can be the lost that are blocking the way or the backslidden, fallen in his confusion. God always makes a way to get around these areas. You know, that's... We climbed over that one, going and coming, because we have to come, you go up and come down the same path. But do you understand? I don't know if that was a lost or saved person, but we had to go over it. And I thought about when I over it. Do y'all see how big that tree is? That's a big tree. Are you with me? I mean, this person supposedly had a lot of faith. Well, he stood as a rock to many else in the church. He was powerful. He trusted the Word of God. He spoke the Word of God. And look, he was planted near the path. But the problem is he didn't stay on the path. Come on, somebody. Some of you stay near the path, don't you? Oh, you know, Chris, I go to church every now and then. I come home from out of town, I go to church. I'm good. Everybody thinks I'm good. Are you kidding me? If you can spiritually discern a gnat on a camel's butt, you know dang well things aren't good. Huh? I don't know where that came from, but y'all live with it. I don't know how you can see a gnat on a camel's butt. And I've seen camels. I've ridden them. They're really gross. Y'all ever had camel's milk? That is the, if I was raised, if I was born a baby camel, I would have rejected camel's milk. It is absolutely the worst tasting milk in the world. Well, I hadn't tasted lizard milk, but camel's milk is terrible. Second Corinthians 1.10. He has delivered us from such deadly peril. This is it. He's delivered you from this. He will, say, say this with me, he will deliver you. See, he has, come on, Matt. He has and he will. He and he will. He and he he and he. So if you have the experience that he has, why are you bucking up when he will? Go back to what he's already done. You'll be expecting what he will do. God dang. Along this narrow path, water seems to always be near. The clear mountain water reminds me of God supplying our needs. It reminds me of life and his purity. This is the encouragement that God reigns. I think we have one here, maybe. Snowmelt. Water gone wild. A snowmelt. When we went to that trail I was, you, you've been seeing on there, we literally took bottles, filled up snowmelt water, and drank it, and it was absolutely the best tasting water I've ever had. Ian and Van thought we were in heaven. They still didn't know. I said, quit doing it. I don't know how many microbes we're going to drink around here, but we didn't drink any, I don't guess. I think we're all still good, you know. <laughs> but we were drinking that stuff up. I ain't lying. We was t- it's just so good. Ice cold. You've never, it's the best. 
Oh, my gosh, don't even go there. That was terrible. Psalm 46, 4 says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. That's what that reminded me of. Revelation 22, 1, Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Come on, somebody. Without water, you don't have life. You got to have water. Water with life would have to be the Holy Ghost. Amen? just flows. The water flows in you. It just flows, but it always flows on the narrow path. It always moves in the boundaries with grace and mercy in the narrow path. That's the boundaries, grace and mercy. Love being the impetus that drives it. Amen? This narrow path is full of adventure, isn't it? Come on, y'all. We didn't even know what was going around. We saw wildlife. We saw some grouse. We saw some deer. You just see different things along there. Now, had Eden and Van, and they're running ahead of us, hollering and screaming, so anything that had any value was heading out. You understand? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're playing war and beating every tree up, so we did see some grouse. That was good. It demands, the narrow path is full of adventure. It demands we trust only in God as our source, whether it be up or down or on a level plane, God has called us to this path. It doesn't matter how difficult this path gets. Romans 8, 37 and 39, Paul said, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through whom he loved us. In all things. That means on the narrow path, it's not that you're not going to be attacked and tempted by the enemy, but you're, you're, you're more than a conqueror in these things. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. And if anybody can say this, do you understand, Rick, that Jesus or Paul can say this? Why? Because they've been through everything. And he says, no matter what I've been through, demons, he's fought demons and lost, though it appeared. Remember one time Paul was stoned and they thought he was dead. Literally, I think he was. I do. Thought he was dead. They all walk. You know, he's laying there. And well, they stoned him to death. He lays there for a while, gets up and goes back in the same city and witnesses. Right. Now, my God, don't tell me. Don't tell me. And you say, why did he do that? Because that was the narrow path. What was the broad path was to run. The narrow path was to stay. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you today. See, all of you think, if it's God, it's going to be easy. Well, to Paul, it was. No matter if it was a stoning, it was. Neither angel, demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any power. What are you saying about present or future? I just got stoned and whatever's next. I don't know, but I'm doing it. Why? Because I'm on the narrow path and I don't want to go the broad way. Everybody goes the broad way. Most Christians are in the broad way. Neither height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm almost done. The unknown is known by God. Amen? Amen. The, therefore, the fearful are calmed by the fearlessness of God. Are you fearful? God's fearless. No matter what you're going through. That's the way Paul was. That's why he could say what he said. The faithless are restored by the faithfulness of God. God's faithful. The Bible said every man should be a liar because God is what? God is what? I don't know if you're getting this or not. Are you still worried about, are you in the wilderness and you want to come home today? That's a great thing to do. The lonely are secure with the love of God. The hopeless are confident in the hopefulness of God. The discouraged are uplifted by the encouraging God. Isn't that true? And I can get discouraged and God's sitting there just sometimes tenderly like we all want to hear and other times like, 
Boy, I told you it's going to be all right. See, we all think God just, like he did Elijah, he speak, speaks in a still, small voice. Why? Because he done spoke in an earthquake, wind, and fire, and he didn't listen. So finally he said, okay, I done wiped away all the crud in his life. Now let me speak to you, boy. Everybody's going to see God speaks in a still, small voice after he runs all the junk out of you. The path at times seems a little overwhelming. So remember John 16, 33. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Come on, somebody, put a cheer on your face. Reminds me of Cheerios. <laughs> I told you how I used to eat Cheerios, didn't I? When I was a little boy, there used to be a guy that, on a commercial, had a real hair, little, a little, little haircut there that he wore, and, and every time he'd eat Cheerios, he'd pop his arm up, and there'd be a Cheerio on that bicep. So how I'd eat Cheerios, I'd eat Cheerios, and I'd swallow on my right side, pop up that arm, and i feel like I could see that little Cheerio. <laughs> then I'd swallow on my left side, i feel like I could see that Cheerio. So I'm telling you, you got double-packed Cheerios. Let's go get it, baby. Put a smile on your face because you got a God that's going to keep you on the narrow path regardless whether you step in, off, or around. He's still going to keep you there. Whether things fall over it, under it, you're going to get over it or under it no matter what you have to do by the grace of God. The, has the path become too much of a challenge? Are you looking to the right and to the left? At the fallen? You know, there's nothing... More difficult for me to see is people fall from grace. They didn't lose their salvation, but to fall from grace, to fall and say, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. Really? So you believed it one time and it was real and it's true, but now it's changed? Don't you understand there's only one thing that can happen that way? It's the fact that the enemy has deceived your mind, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It's supposed to be the believer. I mean, the unbeliever that that happens to, but it happens more to the believer. Or maybe they think they're believers and they're not. I don't know. Do the promises of God seem empty? Today, make a fresh commitment and do as Moses was told to do. My last scripture, Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear not. What did it say? Because we have a fearless God. Stand still. All right. Quit going crazy. Stay on the path. Don't run out. See, what happens when we when we get fearful, instead of running down the path, we run off the path. No matter what you do, stay on the path. Don't run off the path. Stay on the path. You get fearful, it's okay, run down the path. I'm not saying you ought to go that fast, but bless God, it's better than running off the path because you know what's going to happen. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians, remember they leaving Egypt and Egypt was following them. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, those that lived in the world and you lived in the world with them, and you followed some of their idolatry or their practices of idolatry, I'm going to show you today they'll follow you no more if you'll stay on the path. Remember, this narrow path is one you have been called to. See that? I like that picture, and I wanted to end up with that. Do you see that? 
Those are natural steps on this. Nobody, those are roots that come across. And there's many like that sometimes. Also, I want to show you right there. Do y'all see the stones there? Some of those stones, you know all of this helps with erosion. It stops so much erosion because when water comes down, it's going to come down this path. But the real truth about that, God, I, I, I looked at this when I was walking down this, when I took this picture. Those are kind of the, the steps, natural or spiritual steps that God makes for you when the path gets a little difficult. You see, it's a little steep right there. So you had a little step up there, and you had something to push off on. Then you had another one up there, and then you got to the top, and you could turn the bend. And the rocks down there, a lot of times these rocks seem to be strategically placed to help your footing. But let me help you. Even the enemy can throw rocks on the path. And if you're not careful on some of these rocks, you'll trip and slip and fall. And some of these places we were at were pretty steep, and I promise you, if you would have fallen, it would have taken... One of, those, one of those broken trees, broken people down there to stop you. And you would have had death all over you. But that's what those, those rocks are like that. See, those are not strategically. Those, I think, are enemy rocks. You've got to watch those. But then there's other rocks that are embedded into the ground. They, kind of ref- they help you walk. They help you walk. They help you get along the path. Just like those. And there were many of those steps like that. As a matter of fact, it's really cool. I, I had that picture, but I didn't put it up there. Somebody had put a, made a rock seat on this path. It was really cool. They even had an ottoman. And we sit down, put our feet on it. Right in the, and I was going to show you, this is how God makes a place of rest. Amen. Amen. Did you get something today? Yeah. It's the adventure. Yeah. It's the adventure. How many of you are off the path? Bow your head with me. You off the path? You know, the enemy right now, since he's already throwing things, he's already going to throw at your mind. But you can't get on the path again.